There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi. It's more popular than being French. See you in there. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. I'm Claire Fallon. And I'm Emma Gray. And this is Love to See It, an obsessively detailed recap podcast about reality dating shows like The Bachelor and other pop culture that makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy. We can't live with these shows and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about men who wear oversized fashion scarves and have way too much fun in The Bachelor Mansion. I mean, like, what do you think this is, Claire? Spring break? No. This is about solemnity. It's something very serious, and I would never take away from that. Because of the holiday weekend, it's just going to be the two of us today playing a little catch-up. We have a lot to get into from episode two of Charity's Journey. But first... A little housekeeping. I just want to remind everyone that I will be leaving on maternity leave soon. We don't know when. That's kind of the joy of childbirth, I guess. But (laughs) at some point, you're going to tune in this month and Lee will be here instead. And uh, so every every episode really feels like a gift at this point. Every week I get to spend with you guys. It's just like a little <laughs> surprise every week for us <laughs> and for you. Also, a reminder to everyone listening that we do have premium bonus content over on our Substack, Rich Text. Recently, we've been recapping the new season of And Just Like That. And also, we've been diving into a bunch of listener questions about motherhood and non-motherhood, friendship, finances, selfhood, all of these great topics. And you can find those episodes over at claireandemma.substack.com. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. It's finally time for Charity to go on some dates. I'm ready. <sighs> let's go. So we open. Charity is in a Kelly Green leather jacket. She looks great. I mean, she looks good in everything but jewel tones. I mean, really, really excellent. She's surveying the ducks and, and thinking about her new reality which is that she's dating 19 men who are all 
hollering her name off a balcony already. It's only episode it's like they two. Know. Oh my God. <laughs> These <laughs> men, they're just true romantics. Yeah, they're not even traveling yet. And they're still like, I want to holler Charity's name off a balcony. Aaron is playing with his lucky coin, to which I say, lucky my ass, Aaron. We <laughs> knew what you were up to, we Aaron We knew B. this coin was a lie. <laughs> Jesse Palmer comes in and greets all the men who are just full of good, high animal spirits. And he asks Brayden about getting the first impression rose. Brayden says it was surreal. And he adds, she definitely made me sweat for it. When I heard concerning and then my name following it, I was like, oh, God. He's like, sometimes I just say things without thinking and i was like ah oh, what did i say I'm like you brayden you say things without thinking I- wow i would have never guessed <laughs> jesse of course has to comment on brayden's oh. outfit which is striking he's wearing a white tee with a bold statement scarf it's like black and white with a paisley design and he's wearing some some real like feathery dangly earrings. I don't earrings. think these ones are feathery. They looked more like metalwork to me. Oh, His feather okay. ones are later. His feather ones come later. But Excuse me. Are, Excuse these me. These are definitely <laughs> earrings that I would have bought at a street fair in college. 100%. And yeah. Claire, I think what we're picking up on is that there are some distinctly 2012 trends yeah. coming back around in this episode. It's all coming back back and like I have mixed feelings about looking at someone on the bachelorette wearing an outfit that I would have worn to like a house party in college or like very shortly after graduating it makes me feel old and sad but apparently that's just what's in again now and frankly we do have to applaud Brayden for taking fashion risks because men on this show often just throw on whatever, like, jeans and a V-neck they have nearby. <laughs> and you can see why, because the minute someone puts on an earring, the the host has to, like, bully him. <laughs> and be like, oh, you thought just because you got the first impression, Rose, you could be like, fuck it. And everyone's laughing. And I'm like, listen, let men have fun with fashion. Exactly. Let men accessorize, okay? <laughs> Is this a high school cafeteria? Uh, Brayden, he's like, I just like to mix it up. I was feeling the scarf. I know it looks like a tablecloth or whatever. See, we we like to see that <laughs> beautiful self-awareness. I'm like, yes, I personally would have picked a different scarf. But if you were feeling it, Brayden, that is your right as, as a person who enjoys fashion and, and selecting their own clothes. So <laughs> Brayden says in his ITM at this point that he'd be shocked if someone else got the first one-on-one date because they had such a good connection. To which I have to say, men who go on The Bachelorette, please research this show. No, like, they refuse. He has. Does he have no idea how this works? The person who gets the first impression, Rose, never gets the first one-on-one date. Only Aaron number two has done any research in this cast. It's wild. And and Aaron is another interesting case that we will get into. But yes. Brayden keeps making these comments where I'm just like, do you understand, even on a basic level, the structure of the show or like bachelor history or 
any part well, of it. Brayden <laughs> seems barely aware that he's on a dating show. So yeah. we'll get into all he's of that. He's on the Brayden show. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse leaves the first date card and it's for Aaron B. Let's build a love that lasts a century. Aaron B is so fucking ready. He has his dark red turtleneck on, his bomber jacket, and he's like, the butterflies are definitely churning, but I'm going to swat them away. Those butterflies are going through hell right now. They're being <laughs> churned. They're getting swatted away. Charity comes in to pick Aaron up. She promises a, quote, super legendary day. Outside is a cherry red vintage convertible. And the guys are like, who's driving? And, of course, Charity's driving because she's um, the bachelor. Excuse me, who's the boss? Charity's yeah. the boss. Aaron's like, she's driving because she's cool. And I'm like, yes. We wouldn't yes, even question correct. this if it were The Bachelor. Imagine on The Bachelor, the woman, like, runs around on the date and, like, gets into the driver's seat of the convertible. You'd never even consider that happening. Frankly, I suggest that to any future Bachelor contestants. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And I say this as a woman who literally makes my husband drive her around because I hate driving so much. But that's just me. That's my personal issue. That's why I moved to New York. <laughs> the men like run out after them. They're like, have her home by 11. And Dotton's like, 11, five, like set a curfew for these people. Also, he's like, some of us are in our 30s. We have a bedtime, okay? <laughs> I'm not waiting up until 11 to make sure that Aaron B comes home before midnight. <laughs> Joey, at this point, gets a very earnest suite in the moment. I feel like he gets so many of them so early on that it it really gives me the sense that he's going to be an important player. 100%. This guy is going to be one of our big romantic hero arcs and also like potential winner, potential bachelor. Yeah, he is being sold as a romantic hero. That being said, I had some questions about what he actually had to say, which is like, he's like, it's not easy to see her building a connection with another guy. And then he says, if you, if I had to rank pits in your stomach, that's probably the number one pit in your stomach right there. <laughs> Poor Joey just what? has a lot of little word salad moments. <laughs> You're like, he panicked. He was like, I'm doing some sort of, I, I don't know, I'm going somewhere with this. And then... It just I was trying to figure out whether he's saying that he has multiple pits in his stomach at the same time and each pit is attached to a different specific concern. Or if he's like of all the pits in your stomach that you get in your life, this is one of this is the worst. This This is is one of the worst one. Yeah. This is one of the hardest pits to deal with in your stomach. That suggests to me that he needs to go through more shit in his life. (laughs) But um Interesting phrasing, Joey, really made me think about something I'd never thought about before, which was ranking pits in my stomach. Brayden is really just upset he's not getting the date, but that's going to be a theme that's developed throughout this episode. We got a lot of Brayden in this episode. So much Brayden. Once out on the road, Charity and Aaron B. start to bond. You know, they're having some they're road trip chat. basically the same. Yeah, Says Charity, like, multiple times. It's kind of weird, actually. Their dads are both ex-military, and they both have very vivid childhood memories of the weekends beginning with 6 a.m. cleaning on Saturday mornings while their dads, like, put on music and, like, rouse the whole house. And I'm like, is is this what a lot of people's families were like? Is this a military thing? 
I, I mean, I understand why it would be a military thing because cleanliness and yeah. r- early rising are highly valued. I just want to say that it sounds like hell. And a mandatory I- <laughs> 6 a.m. wake up time on Saturday? No, thank Absolutely you. Absolutely not. I remember my dad dragging us out of bed at like 9.30 to help with some sort of chore. And I would be like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> this is detrimental to my health as a teenager. <laughs> And they're both Remind just like, don't you that- love how our dads were getting us up to clean at six in the morning? It's so beautiful. I, you know what? I'm, I'm glad they've found something to bond over. I, Aaron is another one that I'm like, this guy is going to make an impression on this show. He's going to stick around. Yeah. Charity says in her in the moment that night one, Aaron B made her feel like the only girl in the room. And then she laughs and she's like, well, technically I am. It's so weird how he made me feel like the only girl in the room when I was the only girl in the room. That is kind of like the flaw at the heart of this show and why the lead always ends up getting so insecure is you're like, are they making me feel like the only girl in the room or am I just literally the only girl in the room? Actually kind of an important (laughs) distinction there. But she's feeling really good about Aaron's genuine intentions and these similarities they're discovering. They're driving through winding streets in the Hollywood Hills. Aaron is like, this looks so familiar because I used to play a lot of Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Which I guess apparently you are constantly just like curb stomping people in the Hollywood Hills. I guess. I've I've never played it. Neither have I. So I'm, you know, I can't fact check this assertion, but I'm going (laughs) to really just take his word for it. They finally get to their lookout point facing the Hollywood sign. This is a date sponsored by (laughs) the Hollywood sign, specifically the 100th anniversary of the Hollywood sign. I felt so... um, (laughs) Pandered to? I I felt like... Not bad not for charity. Pandered. That doesn't just, feel that it's not like bad, but I was like, it's just so obvious that she's been given this little script to be she's like doing an infomercial <laughs> for the Hollywood sign. She's like, the Hollywood sign is just like love and commitment. And just as this sign was committed <laughs> to staying up in the stakes in the ground for 100 years, yeah, I am committed to put my proverbial stakes in the ground. For our marriage. Yeah. She's like, this is actually the 100th anniversary for the Hollywood sign, which is similar to my parents being married for 48 years (laughs) when you really think about it. (laughs) And Aaron is like, yes, I want to be as old as the Hollywood sign talking about my best friend. How much did the Hollywood sign pay for this date to get this many analogies made about the longevity of the sign? So much. I mean, at this point, I feel like they're really cutting budgets on this show. So I'm sure they're like... Oh, you, we get this for free? You're going to facilitate this? Sure. We'll yeah. say whatever the fuck you want. I mean, it's also one of those dates that, like, I know that it probably is kind of exclusive in theory. I don't, I've never been to L.A. I don't really understand how hard people are trying to get up to look at the Hollywood <laughs> sign or how difficult it is. But they keep being like, not many people get to do this. And I'm like, it's a huge sign. Like, I, I feel not like people many see people it. get to be like right up underneath it. But that doesn't even the, look fun. Well, we'll get into that. It doesn't look fun. I, I didn't say it looked fun. I said it is <laughs> semi exclusive. Fair enough. Fair enough. They're selling the Hollywood sign 
hard. I don't really fully And I don't up. buy it. This <laughs> is some <laughs> bullshit. I don't buy it. And I don't, like, understand the purpose. Like, are they seeking donations? Do you pay <laughs> to get to go up to the Hollywood sign? I always thought it was just sort of there. And maybe the city of Hollywood branding. Like, paid for it. It's just branding for Los Angeles. Yeah, I guess. I guess it is. Meanwhile, back at the house, let's talk about Aaron S. and what we're learning about Aaron S. Aaron S. is our quippy little <laughs> narrator, and he's done his research. He is the last guy I would have guessed from the bios would turn out to be this dude. Like, same. He looks so straight-laced and uptight. He makes the same expression in every photo on his Instagram. His whole Instagram is about being a firefighter. And I think he- that's why I like him. Because this is such such a, like, left turn from what I, I initially assumed. I'm like, yeah, Aaron, get in that drama. I also think yeah. this guy showed up and is like, I'm not winning this thing. Let's let's just go for it. He's let's like, play this yeah, game. I'm here to I'm here to just like get get my my finger in the pot whatever way I can. He's turning out to be a big theorizer and receptacle of like bachelor history and lore well someone has to be (laughs) thank god um so i would say of all the guys in the house at this point episode two i'm getting the most coached by game of roses vibes from him like yeah he definitely seems to me like someone who has been reading how to win the bachelor who has been getting the insight into strategy And he's just like, I'm going to be a narrator on the show. I'm going to be a guy who, like, flexes this knowledge that I have. Did not see it coming from him, but here we are. He's like, I already know who's here for the right reasons and who's not. And I'm glad Aaron B. got the date because I think he is genuine. He's got theories. He's He's got got theories. Adrian agrees. And Adrian is about to cement himself as this season's very first snitch. (laughs) Yeah. Adrian is, like, champing at the bit to snitch. He's like, someone give me an opportunity to talk shit about these guys to charity. He's like, I observe a lot. I just sit back and, you know, I have a one-year-old daughter, so it's a different type of maturity. This is all, like, intercut with shots of the other men doing flips and horseplay in the pool while Aaron S. and Adrian are, like, sitting on, like, deck chairs talking. I love the idea that Adrian is just staring out, being like, how dare (laughs) these new friends of mine do a backflip? They should be sitting and contemplating how much they could fall in love with charity. An important thing about fatherhood is no longer having fun in pool settings. (laughs) You don't want to be, you know horse playing in the pool when you have children what will your children think oh it is the classic thing that ends up (laughs) happening with one of the oldest cast members who just is sitting there like getting annoyed by dudes who are 11 years younger than (laughs) him I do understand that that dynamic as someone who is now older than, like, almost everyone who goes on the show. I think we are older than every single person on <laughs> this season. I think we are. Yeah. And that's fine. It's it's a young man's game. Um, <laughs> but Adrian is almost our age. He's 33. Yeah. And he does have a child. And he... I understand the annoyance at having to, like, try to get into a social group that has a different sort vibe? of youthful vibe. However, like, that doesn't actually mean that 
you aren't ready to be in a relationship until you're old enough to want to go to bed at 9 p.m. and you're too tired and creaky to do backflips into a pool. Like, some people do both of those things at the same time. Yeah, they are not actually mutually exclusive. But I was like, yeah, this does track that Adrian would be the one baited into turning into the snitch. And he just goes so hard in his in the moment. He's like, I get it. Some people mature faster than others. I'm chilling just watching you guys be whatever you want to be, but I don't want to waste Charity's time. And I'm like... Well, first of all, did you mature faster or are you just older? You're you're just older, (laughs) sir. It's okay. And also, like, is it wasting Charity's time to go swimming when she is somewhere else? I'm like, this just seems like your own time, which otherwise would be filled with nothing. Nothing. Because they're trying to mentally break you. Yeah. On that note, we're going to contemplate that for a minute. Take a quick break. When we get back, we will finish the rest of Charity and Aaron B's date. Can you keep up? I like love If you want to bring coziness into your life, uh, and I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially right now, because the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. And their products make the perfect gifts too. I would certainly love to be given something from Barefoot Dreams. I just acquired the robe. And it is like the softest robe I have ever put on my body. It's so cozy. It's so warm. It's beautiful. It has a nice drape and weight to it. I wear it whenever I have the opportunity. I just want to wear it constantly. And I think everyone should have that kind of comfort and coziness in their lives. For Love to See It with Emma and Claire listeners, you can get 15% off of your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code LTSI15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really, like, elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it, so comfortable, so chic, also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. 
Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for 3 weeks and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. So we're back and Charity and Aaron B. have done a smash cut. They're under the Hollywood sign now. Yeah, the exclusive part of the date, Claire. This is one of those things that should be like a really thrilling reveal it's like, oh my God, they're under the Hollywood sign. Aaron is like, this is why we take risks. And Charity's like, this is why we take risks. But what's really happening is that they're just like kind of walking along a scrubby hill. Staring up at letters that they are certainly too close to to actually yeah. discern. <laughs> it's almost more cool to look from far away and to be like, oh, there are people under there. But when you're up there, it's yeah. just like they're in dust and dust and scrubby grass. Like, and they're I like, think here we are. It would feel magical for me to be like hovering above them, looking at them on the Hollywood <laughs> sign, which is, yeah. I guess, what it is to be filmed and then us get to watch it back. Well, and that is like the whole Hollywood way of being, right? It's like creating something that looks glamorous when you're watching it, but maybe when you're up close. It's actually not that great. (laughs) That's the film industry. I remember this from seeing it in The Kissing Booth also, which is a terrible Netflix YA romance movie. And there's a climactic scene like under the Hollywood sign. And I remember just being like, I understand that this symbolically carries some sort of glamorous connotations, but it just seems like they're having this romantic confrontation just in literally any dusty hill area. (laughs) It's not giving me very much. You know what was giving me more, though? 
the reveal we deserved about Aaron B's lucky coin. He whips out his coin and he's like, heads, we get that everlasting love we were talking about. He flips it. But then before revealing the answer, he's like, I got to come clean to you, Charity. We need to start our relationship with some honesty. (laughs) It's a double-sided coin. Yeah. Thank you. Duh. Duh. And thank you for finally affirming what what we all knew. Yeah. I almost wish that he had just kept with it the whole time until it reached the point where people started to be like, it's a little weird that you've never lost one of these coin flips. (laughs) (laughs) But it was time. He had to admit that it was fake. It was time. It was the right time. And he's like, what we have is real. And so now I don't don't have to use this lie coin anymore because... To scam you. To scam you because we have a real (laughs) connection now. And so the scam is no longer needed. And she is delighted by this. Yeah. They make out. She laughs. They make out. And she says, kissing Aaron at the Hollywood sign, there's a feeling of a love that is indispensable, a love that could last through the ages. And it feels right. Love through the ages. Wow. That sounds like an advertisement for Hollywood. They head off on their night date. It's at the historic Los Angeles Theater. And Charity is in like a vampy Merlot velvet dress with one sleeve. She's looking very hot. And she's ready for that classic old Hollywood romance. She, they sit in kind of the really beautiful, like Baroque, uh, I guess, like foyer area And have dinner, and she asks him more about his family. He has two brothers. His little brother is his best friend. He says his little brother knows everything about him. He's his confidant. And Charity's like, oh, my gosh, why are we the same? I'm like, Charity, you're not the same. That's your older brother who's your best friend. (laughs) Yeah, different. Distinctions. I mean, I. this is a season for sibling guys, like, every guy knows that what he needs to whip out to impress Charity is to be, like, my brother and or sister is my best friend. So true. Because <laughs> she's like, I am also like that. So what yeah, else this do is, we need this to is know? a sibling-forward season. Yeah, that's, like, the first hurdle you have to cross is, like, are you best friends with a sibling? <laughs> if so, you pass, like, the first winnowing. And then you can go on to see if you have other things in common. She also brings up something that he said on the day date, which is that he hasn't been lucky with relationships in the past. She asks him to expand on this, and his answer is a little confusing. We have a clip. I was in a four-year relationship during college while I was playing football, and, you know, I wasn't the best boyfriend um, at all. Mm -hmm. I struggled with active listening. I struggled with communication, and it's something that I messed up. You know, with that being said, I did want to go get better. So I did check into therapy. Um, it's, it, was, it was hard. I had a yeah. lot of pride. Like, yeah. You know, there's a lot of pride with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some partners flirting with other guys and, you know, just taking advantage of yeah. the fact that I was being, I was trying to be vulnerable. I was trying to, you know, be a better emotional person for that. Okay. So here's the thing. I feel like. The first part of what he said, I think, was really lovely to hear. Like, great, self-awareness. We all, most of us when we're young, we do things in relationships that we look back and we're like, I shouldn't have really acted that way. I should grow and learn from that experience. Maybe I should go to therapy. We always love a PSA for therapy. And I think it is really powerful to have 
men on this show, on any show, being really open about the fact that they did go to therapy. I think especially for Black men, this can be representation that's really important. But I wouldn't say that that has anything to do with luck in relationships. Like, she's like, so why have you been unlucky? And he's like, well, I actively did things in relationships that were not good, and but I have been getting better. So I was just like, is that the answer to the question? Like, it was just a little bit of a confusing. Well, so then he then he hints at like, oh, I've had partners flirting with other guys. And listen, I understand like maybe not wanting to like air out your exes on TV. Totally. But this was really vague. I was like. It was like, just confusing to me. I'm like, what are you getting at here? Like, yeah, that there was cheating or were you Jealous, like it, it's flirting is very vague to me. I don't know. I, I couldn't get, yeah, I couldn't quite get a read. Like, he's not going as far as to say cheating, which actually makes me feel weird. Like, if there was no exactly. cheating, then like you're really bothered because your partner was like too Talking, friendly with someone. Yeah, well, other exactly. Guy. That's <laughs> like, always a little bit I, of a like at least a yellow flag for me when there's a guy who's like really sensitive to his partner speaking to other yeah, men. Like you, I, you speaking it, it to other men was taking advantage of my vulnerability by trying to be a good partner to you. Then, I mean, yeah, it's, hard, just, it's obviously hard to know. And the like, issue is just there's the so many ways to read it, right? Exa- exactly. Like we don't, we, and we just don't know how to read it. So I think we yeah. can't really come to any conclusions, but it was just as a whole, it sort of confused me. I was like, I don't exactly know what I'm supposed to take. Yeah, away I don't from know this. what happened based on what you just said. I exactly. feel like I don't know what happened at all. Um, I, I will say that the minute he said he struggled with active listening, I was like, he's been to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like very therapized language. And that part is so awesome. And I really I yeah. applaud him for doing that. And I applaud him for speaking about it openly, I think. Yeah. And I think that Charity... So does Charity. ...obviously was very thrilled. She's like, I commend you. I really commend you for that. A lot of men don't want to go to therapy or even admit they're in a bad place. Like, as we've seen many times, men will literally go on reality TV dating shows rather Instead than go therapy. to therapy. Exactly. And she's like, so it's real vul- vulnerability to share that. And... And her in the moment, she's like, there's nothing more attractive than someone who is going to put in the work to be a better person for their future partner, which is And I fucking agree. That's so so true. true. And obviously, Charity has been open about the fact that she also has had bad relationships and has had to put in work to heal from them. Yeah, she she brings that up to Aaron and he asks her about going on The Bachelor and she's like, oh, it was a safe space with Zach for me to open up and heal. And now I really love myself. I'm ready to find my right person. And he says, I hope to be the man that you deserve because you're a ton of green flags. Which really is, is just is the charity, is. the charity profile. Like that is check, the charity check, check. brand. Yeah. Check, check, check. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> they make out and everything's been phenomenal. It's all phenomenal. And you know what would make this even more phenomenal? A private concert with Lauren Elena. Yes. All of our favorite. Former American Idol contestant. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Singer-songwriter. Singer-song. My favorite of those. (laughs) She's my favorite one. Charity very convincingly says that she loves her. I love how she sort of is like whispering to Aaron. She's like, yeah, it's Lauren Elena. I love her. I love her. (laughs) She's singing her new single, which is something like, as long as I know that you love me or something. 
And Charity and Aaron sway and make out together. And she gives him the rose. And in her in the moment, she says, Aaron B. actually has feelings for me. And he's not afraid to vocalize that to me. Perfect. This is a theme with Charity. She's like, I need my future partner to be very clear on where they stand with me, how they feel about me. And I need them to be saying that stuff to me directly. Yeah. I, my cynicism, again, always comes through in these early dates when people are like, oh, he actually has feelings for me. And I'm like, he's known you for 24 hours, but okay. Yeah. (laughs) But it's an important part of being the lead to be able to let go of that and to just be like, Because you have to be able to receive that. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, or else you'll just drive yourself completely crazy (laughs) and become paranoid. Yeah, exactly. Which maybe would be fair given the situation you're in. But it's it's no way to to not, like, if you do that, you're just going to have a miserable experience start to finish. It's like, what if instead of what actually happens on the Truman Show... What if it was someone who just kept happily lying to themselves forever? They would have a much happier life than suddenly realizing that everything Um, was a lie. Ignorance is bliss. Have you heard? Totally. Even if it's just like willful ignorance. Back at the house, the men are receiving the next date card. Dotton, Tanner, Adrian, John, Caleb A, Caleb B, Caleb K. All the Calebs. Xavier, James, Aaron S, Sean, Brayden. Sun's out, buns out, love charity. Brayden just immediately starts shit talking. You can just tell that he's just a really annoying person to live with. Yeah. Like that is that is the core of what's going on with him and the other men men. Because immediately he's like, hopefully it's a competition. We get to drop out six of y'all because I'm not losing. I'm coming out buns ablazing. Like, okay, <laughs> take it down a notch. Yeah, calm down. Take it down a notch, Brayden. So it's the first group date, and it's at a beach on a sunny day. Charity's like, don't worry. We're just going to be playing some games. And the guys are like, oh, buns? I I thought there were going to be thongs. But it's so great that we're just calmly playing games on this lovely beach. And again, please research this show. Like, you're five minutes into an early season group date. Yeah. Thongs remain a very real possibility. Extremely unlikely that the whole date is just chill playing beach games with charity. That has happened like three times in the history of the entire show. Um, these do- these dates are designed to either maximize humiliation or physical suffering. So yeah, just and wait. ideally both. Ideally both. Think- if you get really lucky, it's both. <laughs> they aim for both on this date, uh, and uh, so they're playing cornhole. They're making sandcastles. Brayden is like. Feeling really confident at this point, as usual. He's like, I'm just going to try to go on as many of these group dates as possible. And maybe this season she just decides to give all the one-on-ones to me. I'm kidding, but I'm actually not kidding at all. Again, I say take it down a notch. At that moment, an air horn sounds (laughs) because it's Jesse. The host is ready to do some hosting. He's really in his element. He's like, finally, my two interests, sports and the bachelor yeah finally they never they never never, never combine ever (laughs) Uh, but they haven't he's like i haven't been able to do this since last season and it's killing me he's got his like plum checkered suit on on the he's ready he's He's ready put me in espn (laughs) he tells the men that they will be competing in the fourth annual this is not an annual event at all 
to be clear, as we see in the mashup of footage from years ago. (laughs) But it is the Bachelorette dodgeball. And he whips out their uniforms. They don't have to wear thongs, but they will be wearing bikini bottoms and sports cups. I guess Speedos. They'll be wearing Speedos and sports cups in lime green and Barbie pink. Yes. Speedos. Yes, that that's the word. <laughs> um, yeah, and words mean things. You know, Speedos means something. Annual means something. Not on this not, show. Not on this show. They don't give a fuck. Uh, the first of the fourth an- four annual, quote-unquote, dodgeballs was Desiree, which was like, 10 years ago. <laughs> so, please. But this conceit allows them to do their vintage pre-roll of, like, old Bachelorette dodgeball games. I enjoyed it. I was into it. Including the iconic moment when Yosef from Claire's season complained about playing strip dodgeball because he had a daughter who could see it. And Aaron S. has some commentary on this. I believe we have a clip. I can't believe we're doing this when Yosef has a daughter at home. <laughs> this man Perfect. is a plant, I Perfect. swear to God. <laughs> he came in with that locked and loaded. I love it. You could tell producers loved it. I enjoy this moment because he is parroting a meme that Bachelor fans use in their tweets. I'm like, yes. yes, I love to see this synergy of fan culture and the show. Thank yeah. you for this moment, Aaron S. Yeah, I get the get the meme cycle into the show. We're having yeah. fun. We're being playful. We always <laughs> want more fun yes. in this show. And so Aaron S. is bringing that. And for that, I applaud him. And I will say that while Yosef was um, unhinged, we had some critiques of that uh, particular dodgeball, which was strip dodgeball. And it seemed like, I mean, I was uncomfortable with it. It seemed kind of degrading. I would have lost my mind if it was done to the women on The Bachelor. And I didn't feel that great about making the men do it either. They're kind of splitting the difference here. They're like, we're not going to make you strip down to your jock straps, but we will give you the skimpiest starting uniforms that we've ever had in a Bachelorette Dodge forward. <laughs> and the problem with this is that it is obviously freezing. Yeah, I felt bad for them. The men are the only ones on the beach not wearing sweaters and or jackets, and they are wearing basically nothing. Often when you see them on camera, they are visibly shivering. Like, I think I saw someone's breath at some point. Like, this is not That's a healthy mean. environment for them to be wearing a Speedo in. Like, I care much less that they are half naked and much more that they are very cold. Yeah, and this is something that often happens to women on the show where there's, like, a beachy date and they're all in bikinis and it's obviously freezing. Or, like, when Olivia Creedy got, like, left on the beach island on her two-on-one date and was walking around shivering in her bikini. And it was like someone, like, toss her a towel. Yeah, get this woman a sweater. I get these men sweaters. Get these men sweaters. They deserve that. (laughs) But Charity is not complaining about the views, all 12 of them. Just getting a little sneak peek. And Jesse 
settles in with Charity and LA sports broadcasting legend Liz Habib to provide color commentary. Unlike past dodgeballs, there's no, like, arena, so there's no barrier between the men and the audience. So you basically have a bunch of really buff men with backgrounds in professional or collegiate sports hurling large balls at each other at high speeds. And then directly behind the men who are trying to dodge those balls are Our just fans. fans watching who then have to, like, duck screaming. <laughs> Which they really should have thought element. this out a little bit more. It's like, like, did they think about it at all? <laughs> no. They were just like, yeah, come on over. Come on down to the beach. It'll be fun. You might die. <laughs> this isn't beach volleyball. Like, the whole point is to throw the ball really fast from one side and then on the other side try to get out of the way. <laughs> and one of the Caleb's is just like, hell Yeah. I used to play baseball. I can Caleb throw B. a baseball. Caleb B. I can throw a baseball 90 miles per hour. I'm like, I would get the fuck out of yeah, his way. I would be moving to the sides. Yeah. And like a lot of them are just standing behind. They're in a ring around. So they're standing behind the players. So we get a few direct hits onto the fans. Um <laughs> There's a metaphor in there. Meanwhile, the men are freezing to death. So there's a lot of physical suffering on this date. The pink team takes an early lead on the strength of Xavier's performance. Through chattering teeth, he explains that he went to summer camp every summer and he played dodgeball all the time. Xavier is a summer camp guy. I knew I liked him. Every every time I learn something new about Xavier, I like him more. I mean it all it adds up. Like he's he's into the crafting, he's into like a little light crafting on rainy oh, days maybe. He's I into dodgeball. <laughs> he's great. He's into Team doing Xavier. good. Yeah. Aaron asks is like secretly I think Xavier goes to the trampoline parks and just bashes children. <laughs> like Aaron asks Bring in the funny. There are other places you can learn these skills, like summer camp. But the green team does have Caleb B., the college baseball uh, alum. And so they are able to kind of level it up. It comes down to the final game to win that after party with charity. And the pink team does something clever. They do a strategic play. They, They all get their first balls. They throw at the same time at Caleb B. to immediately eliminate him. Honestly, really smart. Good job, guys. And then three members of the pink team somehow bobble one throw from Adrian and are out. And I'm like, why were you trying to catch the ball so hard? This isn't baseball. You just have to avoid getting hit by it. They think it's baseball. Or football. Like, there are a lot of sports where, yes, you do want to try to catch the ball. (laughs) But in this case... Just Just get the fuck out of the way. Let it bounce off your one unfortunate comrade and get out of the way. Instead, they're each like, oh, I got it. It's like, guys, you idiots. So it's down to Adrian and Xavier. But Adrian catches, Xavier catches Adrian's last throw and Pink wins. Charity does get to pick an MVP from the green team to join the pink team at the after party. And she picks Adrian, not Caleb B. Sorry to Caleb. Charity is more attracted to Adrian. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear. <laughs> it's very like clear. all the guys are like, how did how did she end up picking Adrian when Caleb B like did so many good throws and like his his athleticism? And you're like, bro, like, this is a dating show. Yeah, she wants to spend more time with Adrian than with Caleb B. 
I think it's pretty straightforward. I felt for Caleb B. He seems like I still like. I actually like him. He seems like such a sweetheart. He He really does. He even wrote like. 316 on his chest for charity, which I believe is a reference to John 316, which is a Bible verse about charity. Um, and Sweet he was like, Caleb. he was trying so hard. She's just not that into you, Caleb. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but I, I hope you get sent right to paradise. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with the rest of this episode. Can you keep up? I like Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well balanced. I feel full after and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 and use code LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI 50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
We're back, and it's time for the night portion of the group date. Brayden is now in pearl earrings. I appreciate that he brought a selection with him. He brought a large selection. We see, like, a number of earrings. In this this episode alone. This episode alone. And usually men don't even have to think about suitcase space for earrings. So I want to see that burden being more equally distributed among the, the genders. And he's fuming because he doesn't think Adrian deserved the MVP, which is so difficult for him to contemplate. But he's putting that out of his mind. He's ready to spend time with charity. <laughs> is he? Is he putting it out? He's trying. <laughs> Brayden is uh, ish. Brayden, uh, yeah, he's not very good at actually letting things go. And he sits down with Charity and he says, he tells her that he got really self-conscious right after getting the first impression rose, which is an odd time to get self-conscious, like right after getting it. And she's like, no, let me reassure you about the hit to your self-confidence that was being awarded the first impression rose. I actually really am into you. Yeah, I think the problem with Brayden is that he doesn't have enough (laughs) self-confidence. She's like, I love how goofy you are. And Brayden is like, I'm crushing on you. And she says, well, I'm so happy you're here. And he's like, really? And then they make out. This is what's really grating to me about how Brayden interacts with charity. So you're right. He has a huge amount of confidence. But he also does a lot of those little coy strategies to get more affirmation from her by pretending to be insecure. And here's the thing. If you just experience that, I totally understand why she likes him. Like he is, he's adorable and he has good banter and he'll like be open with her in a way that also allows her to like soothe him in a way that makes her feel like, you know, they're equally putting into this relationship. And then to the other guys, he's just like, I'm her number one, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's the thing. It's the performance of this insecurity that is really winning because you're like, oh, he can't believe that I like him. Exactly. He he needs to be reassured because he's like, me? But that's actually not how he comes off at any other point, except when he's getting her to give him more and more validation. I think Brayden really has a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. After their time together, he says in his in the moment that it's like the moment in Avatar when the braids touch and they connect. I've this never is seen that Avatar. movie moment. Neither I'm have so I. I'm sorry. I vaguely remember this being a thing. Yeah, that sounds familiar, but I just... I thought that was how they had sex. Like, I... Maybe, I don't know. I let Avatar... <laughs> I let Avatar discourse just fully float well, above my head. And it came out when we were in college, and it was like yeah. one of those movies where you had to buy like a $40 ticket to see yes. it the right way. And I was like, great, $40 is my personal fun money budget for the entire month and I shall not also, be spending it like, on Avatar. <laughs> I simply don't care to see this film. No, thank you. Absolutely not. I'm good. But he saw Avatar and he feels like he just had braid sex with <laughs> Charity. I will say that I I noticed, and I know you noted this in our notes, there are a bunch of little moments where they are, like, playing up Brayden's overconfidence that were obvious Frankenbites. Yes. So I do just want to call this out because I think there was work being done on the editing side to really play up, like, a 
kind of self-delusion that Brayden has. And I'm not saying that's not present, but I believe it was perhaps overemphasized. No, it's one of those situations where they're like, well, he definitely did it. So let's just plant the thing on him to make it really obvious. Right. Right? Like, you can see even in the unedited stuff how it's coming through, but then they make it seem completely over the top with these moments. So they added this clear Frankenbite of him being like, at this point, I'm pretty sure I'm her number one pick. And it's clearly just like clipped from somewhere else, somewhat cobbled together. And then he laughs and and he's like, I'm a two-year-old, which obviously seems to go better with the previous part where he was talking about how this was like Avatar. (laughs) So it's like, uh, we get it. You slipped that little bit in there from probably a different part in the season. Exactly. You can always notice when they like, you see him in the ITM and then they pan away to a different shot, but they keep the audio going and then they go yeah. back to the and ITM. And then often and you're the like, audio mm, sounds a little bit different. A little different. Yeah, you'll hear like a different room tone. Yeah. I noticed it in multiple of his Me ITMs. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was notable. It was bad. And he got a lot of ITMs to sound like a little bit nutty and yeah. and self-deluded in this episode. And a lot of them seemed like they had been juiced up. So Charity sits with John and tells him that she was impressed with his moves. And he says, oh, didn't you know I played pro basketball for a little bit? So I thought this was a joke because I immediately was like, oh, he played pro basketball. I went to Google and Google kept being like, did you mean other person named John? Did you mean this person named John? And I was like, wait, so I can't find anything about him playing pro basketball. Maybe that was a joke. He did, in fact, but play he did. pro basketball just overseas for a year. In Mauritius. I guess in Mauritius, Mauritius pro basketball does not have quite as heavy of a Google footprint <laughs> as some of the other Johns that but I was hey. It totally counts. Totally counts. He did. He does have those athletic skills. And Charity's Charity's into John. Charity's into John. I'm into John. They make out. She's like so happy to be seeing this romantic side of John. Yeah. Yay. He's like, he's like, I don't just read reread Harry Potter for fun. I don't just do data science. I do basketball. I do suave romance. I do everything. The full package. You can have it all if you're you John. Can. Back with the guys, Brayden is explaining to the rest of the gentlemen that it was really hard for him to get the first impression rose and then not be on the one-on-one. Brayden, <laughs> look up how this show works, okay? They they would not do that. Also, you don't have to say every thought in your head out loud. He doesn't understand Just a lesson. That. He doesn't understand. He's like, why should I hide my light under a bushel? Caleb A. is like, do you think it's realistic to get both of those? And Brayden is like, yeah. I mean, maybe I sound like a spoiled brat, but I don't want a first impression rose. I want your time. A rose gives you a little bit of validation, but it's a drop in the ocean. He says to all the men who have not gotten first impression roses. Yeah. Most of them have gotten no first impression rose and no time. Right. And Adrian says, well, actually, the importance of it is really significant. It's almost guaranteeing more time and it's validation that she's interested in giving you that time. And (laughs) he's like, well, for me, I had an MVP day and I want to continue being the MVP and get the rose tonight. 
And this clearly got under Brayden's skin. Because he's just like, well, everything Caleb, gets under Brayden's skin. Yeah, everything. He's very thin. To be clear, his skin is as thin <laughs> as paper. And he's like, well, you know who actually should have been the MVP because of their superior athletic skills? Caleb. Yeah. Okay. No, no offense, man. Not yeah. talking shit. Sorry. I probably <laughs> wouldn't have picked you as MVP. Sorry. Caleb did a lot. I was just really <laughs> impressed. No one cares what you think, Brayden. <laughs> And, like, doesn't he understand what he is kind of gesturing at here, which is what we were saying before, which is on a purely athletic level, maybe Adrian wasn't the pig. Therefore, what does that say about Adrian that he's here? Charity wanted him to be there. And that's ultimately what this is all about. This isn't a dodgeball tournament. So you're actually pointing out that Charity is genuinely interested in Adrian. But he's like a little kid. He's a toddler. He's just like, well, you suck. Yeah, you didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. Like, he was better than you. (laughs) Adrian is visibly bridling at this. He's like, well, then why did I get the MVP? Like, I don't choose it, but my teammates were calling me the MVP, (laughs) so they were saying it. I was like, Adrian, don't get sucked in. Adrian, don't engage. Adrian, Don't engage on this (laughs) level. This is a mistake. Once you're at the point where you're like, well, everyone else was saying that I was the best— you start to sound <laughs> like defensive in a way that is. Yeah, what uh, he needed dims, to say. The, it dims your shine a little bit. He needed to just say, well, then good thing Charity was the one picking and not you. Yeah. Charity's the one that and, matters here. Yeah. And she wanted me here. Take it up with her. Bye. Brayden then makes a really snide comment about how it's like the NBA player who gets traded midseason and then still gets a ring. This is just a rude thing to say. Like, it's they not like that. They just hate each other at this point. <laughs> it's just not like that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and, yeah, the the feud, the rift is developing very rapidly. They've known each other for, what, th- 48 hours at this point? And there's just un- unbridled <laughs> hatred. After this, Adrian says in his ITM that Brayden seems like he's here for spring break. Unlike Adrian, who's here for the right reasons, yeah. because he has a daughter. And he's, yeah. He's, he's ready to settle down. His daughter he's has soft. made him soft and in touch As with his emotions. the father of a daughter. Yeah. I'm soft now. Well, if and he's going to use where, this too, I'm just like, maybe just any of these guys could have a child with charity and then immediately become the perfect spouse. Like, if that's all it takes. So yeah, that's it. Just give them a chance to, you know, reproduce with her and everything will be fine. I also have to say that this is the first of two times this season where a conflict ends up erupting around specific language that it seems like maybe only came from Adrian. Yeah. Adrian (laughs) is getting messy, which is just given how much he has to say about other people's emotional immaturity, it is interesting how much happens just from him casually venting his personal irritations to charity (laughs) or like within the group in a setting that is guaranteed to escalate things so charity and adrian sit down together and he's like i didn't come here to kick it with the guys i made a lot of sacrifices to be here I have a daughter. Charity's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. 
And I think we have a clip of what Adrian says next. Because it's like, for me, I'm thinking about not spending time with my daughter. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, guys are here playing mm-hmm. games and it's weird. Like, yeah. you know? Well, what's, like, tell me, like, what is weird about it? It's like vacation homes, like spring break. Like, it's like just having a blast, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Flipping in the pool. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not here to play games with mm-hmm. y'all. Like, I'm not here for that. It's not a vacation for me. <laughs> not a vacation it's not a vacation you're right it is an exercise in mental torture so that is true <laughs> if you can get anything out of it that is akin to being a vacation honestly more i power you. to you charity is not pleased to hear the, the phrase spring break i do think that this to me in a <laughs> in its own way is akin to the yosef having a daughter at home moment where it's just like oh i can't believe you're out here Doing flips in the pool when I have a daughter at home. Exactly. It's like, so they no one can go on vacation now? Like, what is the relevance? I don't understand. Like, how are they supposed to act? They're trapped in a house with no distractions other than the pool. Yeah. There's literally nothing else. It's it's do. called self-care. It's an important investment in their mental health. Yeah, frankly, I applaud anyone having any fun on this show. Yeah. Sorry, like, Adrian. What's... Sorry to Adrian and his daughter. <laughs> Sorry to the whole family. I I feel that there is a validity to certain elements of his critique that is being of obscured. Course by how sort of childish he's being about guys ever appearing to have fun instead of just, I guess, sitting and journaling about how much they enjoyed their three-minute conversation with Charity the night before. He's needling, like, the wrong things here. Like, there is an obnoxious quality to Brayden that could be snitched on and I think would have some validity. But him just, like, out here being goofy and having fun in the house— is not the problem. Maybe that is personally annoying to you because you don't like him. Yeah. But that actually has nothing about him being a bad, nothing to do with him being like a good or bad partner in a charity. Yeah. I don't think that (laughs) it's, there's something about Brayden that he's such a grab bag of showboaty qualities and they all seem to attract all of the most innocuous ones seem to tr- attract more critique than the really exactly. troubling ones. Like, everyone's like, oh, my God, his scarf. Did you see his scarf? And also, he was having fun in the pool. And I'm like, no, those parts are fine. Those are fine. That's great. Actually. That's actually good. Let him live. Um, I have issues with other things he says a little yeah. bit later in this episode. It's going to get right dark now. for Brayden. It is. But so Charity at this point asks Adrian to elaborate on who isn't here for her. And he very helpfully is like, you're smart. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, so what was the purpose of this? To just like... Generalized anxiety. Yeah. He was <laughs> like, I'm hoping for some more generalized anxiety disorder in this whole process. So Charity rejoins the group and she's like, it was shared with me that some people might be treating this like spring break. And I'm not interested in that because this is not spring break. Yeah. I'm here to find my person. Everyone should be here solely for that. (laughs) No, no other reason, no other moment of anything but contemplating whether I'm your soulmate. She offers the group date rose to John, which frankly, I think was a great move. Yeah. John is lovely. And Adrian looks shocked that he, the snitch, did not get the rose. To which I say, Adrian, 
The snitch never gets the rose. Yeah. Snitches do not get roses. Did you think that was a good strategic move? (laughs) Like, I do think that maybe he thinks there is a long-term advantage in sort of lightly seeding distrust with his rivals without getting directly embroiled in drama, which appears to be his gambit. I think that's what he thinks he's doing. (laughs) But even if it were effective down the line, she just had a conversation with you that mostly left her feeling bad. And And that's her association with you now. Right. Even if she doesn't think it's your fault or she, like, appreciates it, the feeling she had after that conversation was bad. So she's probably not going to rush to give you the group date rose. She'll give you a rose at the rose ceremony with everyone else if you hadn't, haven't completely shot yourself in the foot by then. The other men, like Cider Esquire James, <laughs> are very troubled that guys could be here for spring break. Unbelievable. Fun while filming a show that's mostly about making out and travel. Unbelievable. How dare you? (laughs) Makes me sick. (laughs) After Charity leaves, uh, John addresses the guys and is like, well, if that's a true fact, that person needs to be vetted and needs to go. Like, this is the thing that happens on The Bachelor. It's like, once any accusation is made, everyone immediately has to be like, this must be addressed through rigorous investigation and expulsion. And this is the second episode in a row where it's like, the accusation was like, nothing? It was something that simply doesn't actually need to be addressed. No, not literally not at all. The accusation is so obviously just like someone was having fun in the pool and it and someone else was annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) It did make me think though of have you watched the latest batch of I Think You Should Leave? The I see season three of I Think You Should Leave. Oh my god, there's an incredible sketch of a, a dating show in which Tim Robinson, the creator of the show, his character gets eliminated because the lead is like, I've just realized that you're only here for the zip line. And then there's this oh, whole montage Someone told me about of him this. using the zip line to go into the pool. <laughs> she's and she's like, I just feel like you're not really interested in me or in like summer love or any of the things that the show's about. You just want the zip line. He's like, zip line's pretty cool. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, Adrian pipes up and he says that he sees a lot of playing in the house, but... And how listen. dare you? I have a daughter <laughs> and you're playing? And you're playing? How How absolutely dare you? He's not here for spring break. He's not here to enjoy himself. Like, similarly, when I am away from my son for a period of time, I make sure to have as little fun and enjoyment as possible because that's what prepares me to return to him. <laughs> for the, rigor, the rigors of parenthood. Exactly. No fun. Brayden pushes back. He's like, I don't need to be solemn in the house. I'm a carefree person, and I want someone who loves me for how I look at life. Look, I have a lot of issues with Brayden, but this is correct. Yeah, why do you need to be solemn in the house, Adrian? And, like, do you... Does Charity... Maybe Charity does want to be married to someone who is just very serious all the time. But But then, yeah, they should all be themselves. And she should be able to decide what vibe she wants. Exactly. Adrian is like, well, it's time to get serious. She's looking for something real. And if you're not, that's it. Okay, man. (laughs) You showed him. (laughs) The next day, Charity is trying to recover from the news that some men are enjoying themselves at the house while she's on dates. 
It's tough. It's tough to get past, but it's a sunny day. <laughs> She's in a cute mini dress. It actually seems warm enough for a beach date today, but they will be doing something slightly different. Look, the, their schedule's <laughs> already been committed. They have a crowd there, Claire. <gasps> Rachel and Gabby are there to help with the second group date. We love to see our gals back together, having fun. I just... And they're psyched. They really have it. Like, when they're hosting the date, I'm like, so many bachelorettes from this franchise actually have the chops to host things. And it's true of, like, one of every 10 to 12 male stars of The Bachelor. That's why they only bring Sean Lowe back. (laughs) And Jesse Palmer, I guess. And Jesse Palmer. (laughs) So... The men arrive. It's Josh, John Henry, Michael, Warwick, Joey, and Spencer. We did not see this date card arrive, by the way. No, they just have which is Josh fine. kind just of explain right who's there as they're arriving. He's like, it's me, John Henry. Um, and the three women are waiting for them on a stage in front of a crowd of Guinness World Record groupies, I assume. Because... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And those people do exist. Um, They are competing to be the man with whom Charity will break the record for the longest kiss in Bachelor Nation history. First set memorably by Sean Lowe, who Rachel describes as one of our most successful bachelors. And I'm like, you don't need to modify that. The most successful bachelor. Just unquestionably. And Leslie Murphy. Oh, love Leslie Murphy. And they made out for three minutes and 21 seconds. I love how the longest kiss is now just like make out. I'm like, this is, this seems like multiple kisses to me, really. I mean, if we're qualifying this <laughs> as one kiss, I just want to say that I have had some in my, in my youth. Really long kisses. That went on for maybe five hours. Exactly. Like, you know, if we're really going to count these things where you take momentary like pull-aways and returns... You That's can, more than I'm sorry. Yeah. It's more than one kiss. It's I, just a makeout session. How do the people at Guinness stand for this? I know. They need to have higher standards. Were they actually involved? I probably not. I didn't pay super close attention <laughs> to whether their branding was involved. Probably not. Because I feel like when they used to do this stuff, they were like, you cannot disconnect your lips. Mm. And now they're just like, have fun up eh, there. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> this is really just about making everyone else yeah, watch you. Make exactly. Out. This is just about making out in front of other people to make them jealous and for you to feel uncomfortable. They compete by taking a sort of compatibility quiz with their little whiteboards, answering questions like, where do you put your hands while kissing? And my kiss with charity would be... Charity gives a little impromptu presentation in her in the moment of what makes a good kiss. I believe we have a clip. What makes a good kiss for Charity? So here's our PowerPoint. Physical touch, so you need to like grab my face, <laughs> my hands, my body. <laughs> we like tongue action, but not too much. Not too much. I like when you pull back and come back for more. <laughs> this is too descriptive, but we're doing great. She's so cute. I, I just know. loved this moment. I'm like, yes, Charity, show us your like slight comedic discomfort just get in there <laughs> like it was it was just an adorable moment yeah i like i like seeing her loosen up a little bit the men also show her their kissing moves on their hands and or mics which and is very uncomfortable to watch it's very uncomfortable especially joey is like really getting into it really making out with his own hand like, all, really and all of the women 
uh, you know, Gabby, Rachel, and Charity notice that he is absolutely clobbering Charity with eye contact. They're like, he I won't stop looking at you. Call this eye fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they can't say that because this is a family program that starts at Yosef 9 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Yosef and Adrian have daughters. <laughs> And so as Joey is determinedly eye-fucking her and mouth-fucking his hand, he is winning Charity over. She's like, he's really focused on me. He's here for me. Also, here's the thing. I took a look again at all of the men on this date, and I was like, Joey's the one that she's into of this yeah. group. Yeah. It's kind of a B team. I'm sorry. It is. I, I have to say that given what happens with the date, my theory was actually that she wanted, that she was given the opportunity to basically have a trick one-on-one, like a yes. group date that turns into a one-on-one, and she just picked Joey exactly. and put him on the date. 100%. <laughs> like, it was never going to be John Henry. Like, maybe no. for me it would have, John Henry would have been in the running, but for charity. Not for charity. It's Joey. So, Joey's also excels at the last challenge, which is to tell a story of an important kiss, All of the men seem to be telling really sweet stories about their best or first kisses, which I really swooned at because, like... Same. I thought Warwick (laughs) was really cute. Yeah. He was talking about, like, meeting his girlfriend. They were, like, long distance in college, like, meeting her at the airport and the kiss that they had. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So you might think that that is sweet enough to win this challenge, but Joey tries something a little different and really really sets himself apart. Yeah. (laughs) As he tells his story, it becomes clear that he is describing this very day, and the kiss in question is the longest kiss in Bachelor Nation history that he is hoping Smooth to give Charity. Move, Joey. <laughs> he does a little future casting. And Charity is here for it because, again, oh, yeah. Charity loves a man who is overt about his interest in her. So yeah. this is like the ultimate. He's like doing stand up about her to try to make out with her. I mean, this is just charity catnip. He's not even reminding her that he's ever loved another woman, which is a risk. And honestly, this is like the only safe way to do this because if you describe a bad kiss, then you're like, oh, this is a guy who might be rude about me in the future if things don't work out. If you describe a good kiss, then it's like, oh, he was really into some other woman. I don't like thinking about that. He he found the one good answer. He did. He re- he really did. And so, of course, Charity chooses Joey, and they make out forever. It feels like months. Gabby and Rachel are providing humorous color commentary. Again, these two have it. The men are struggling. Spencer says, rather confusingly, <laughs> I don't want to watch two of my best friends kiss, let alone watch someone I like kiss someone else I like. Are they his best friends? Are they the people he likes? Like, he's it, he ends up sort of <laughs> implying that he is into both of them. Yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, I'd be here for I'm that. I'm here for that, but I don't think that's what he's trying think that's to what, say. No, he's trying to say, I don't like watching this. Yeah. But he's trying to define the terms. And he's like, you know, my friend that I like and then a girl that I I'm into romantically and like my best friend, but they're not my best friends. So I got to rethink that. Like Like he could just just say like, let alone watch a friend kiss someone that I'm into. And just say, (laughs) I don't, 
I don't know. Enjoy this. <laughs> I don't enjoy this. <laughs> they pass the record mark. A buzzer rings, but they keep going for another full minute until they hit four minutes and 25 seconds. In her in the moment, Charity is like, that was a long kiss. Why did no one tell us to stop? And the producer's like, they did. You didn't hear them. I loved that. It was perfect. And she starts laughing. And then... This is when we get, oh. at some point in this makeout, is when we get the the horrifying... The lick like, up. Lick yeah, they clearly up. slowed down that moment and put it in every preview. Yeah. It, it honestly didn't even stand out to me in the context no. of all because honestly because I wasn't watching that closely because I was like they're just making out now they're I don't just need making to like out for five minutes I don't need like, to stare good. too closely at them making out but it, this is when it is from and this is when they get the real kick in the nuts stab in the back brutal twist the date is now a one-on-one for Joey and Charity and the other guys have to go home early And these men are good sports. They're trying to just, like, take it on the chin. They head back to the mansion. And this is, like, it really is the B team, but it's a really sweet group of guys. I feel like she picked a really good group in the sense that they're all, like, seem like people who aren't going to be in her top four. Right. So she's not too worried about, like, really, you know, hurting one of her top front runners. But they they all seem like sweet. Like they're not. Yeah, they're like, all sweet. None of assholes. them are like trying to be like macho, whatever. They're just sort of like, let's make the best of this. John Henry tells the other men, you know, it was it was a competition for the longest kiss in bachelor history, and Joey killed it. And now, and we had to watch. It was awkward, but now he's on a one on one. And Josh is like, you know, beforehand, like it really was a great date. We all. Charity got to see our personalities and we got to really interact with her. And some of the other men are like, yeah, you know, it honestly like had its highlights. And Brayden is like, are you even a man if yeah. you can stomach <laughs> watching your woman kiss someone else? How can you be glad for that? To have to sit there and watch, that's not cool. Like, calm down, dude. In his ITMs, it's even worse. I think we have a clip from Braden's in the moment. I don't know. I don't know how anyone can sit there and say that they're okay with watching a girl they're dating make out with other dudes. It makes you feel like a chump. It's like, there's boundaries, you know? I feel like a punk just having to hear about it, you know? He's on a dating show, and he's like, I should not have to even hear about the fact that she is kissing anyone else other than me. It's episode two. And like, Bro, I'm sorry. calm down. By the way, the first thing that he did on this show was make out with Charity and then go tell everyone else all about it Well, it's detail. okay if other people have to hear about his love story, Claire. I think you're not understanding. But you're right. This is <laughs> a story. It's a show about Brayden. He's the main character. And Charity is just there to decorate that story. And the other men are there to watch it. So... This is when Brayden really takes a turn yeah, into this the is toxic where for Brayden me. Brayden really, really lost both of us. Because Josh is like, what did you want us to do? So you would just like throw a fit and leave? Like, we're on a date. Yeah, Brayden is like, activity. no, I wouldn't throw a fit, but I wouldn't watch, bro. And Adrian says, well, how can you argue with how he feels about it? That's not how he felt. And Brayden is like, bro, I'm not upset with how he feels, bro. I'm upset about the situation, bro. I'm saying that does not sound like a great date to me, bro. <laughs> so much bro usage in this Listen, section bro. of the episode. They're all just like, bro, bro, bro. Oh, my God. But, like, the thing is that Adrian is right. Like, yes. 
Brayden is 100% questioning how he feels about it, how Josh yes. feels about it. And he is also upset about the situation. He will, he's both like, I feel personally disrespected. And he's like, I don't understand how Josh cannot feel disrespected by this disrespectful thing that happened to him. That I don't, that doesn't make any sense. And he keeps going on and on in his, in the moment, just digging his own grave. He's like, I'm angry for them. I'm angry for me. I feel like they were disrespected. I'm not going to put up with someone disrespecting another human being in any regard. And tonight I'm going to go and I'm going to pack my bags. I don't know if this is someone that I can have a relationship with. I'm like, that's gross. That's gross as fuck. Like, what is wrong with you? That is not disrespect. You need to like, there are, there is a lot of disrespect of other human beings going on all the time in this world. This is not an instance of it. I, this was like a whole date on a season of The Bachelor and it didn't turn into this thing about how all the other women were being disrespected. In fact, on every season of the show, people kiss watch the other lead. People. They watch, often other people are present or they hear about it or they just know about it. Like, it's a dating show. Right, that's kind of the premise. And like, he thinks that because he like, made out with her first and he told everyone about it that that's reserved for him now. And it's also the thing that really gets me is that he is then like, well, I'm going to wield this as a weapon against charity to extract more affirmation from her to get her to operate this relationship under my terms or else I am going to leave. Yeah. And it's because she was disrespecting someone else. I'm just so principled. I won't stand for anyone disrespecting another human being. Okay, so was it respectful when you went back to the group of guys and bragged to all of them that you made out with the girl they're all trying to date and that you bragged about details of that kiss? Or was it respectful when you needled Adrian about like how he wasn't your MVP? I mean, just come on bro. Come on, bro. No, the standards for thee and not for me. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about being respectful to other people. He gives a fuck about being able to control Charity's behavior. And he gives a fuck about having possession over her. Like, it's clearly so important to him. Even early on when he's, like, joking, not joking about getting all the one-on-one dates. It's possessiveness. It is. It's fucking toxic. And I think sometimes respect is something that men do wield as a as a cudgel yeah um like it it can be a catch-all term for like you didn't do you didn't behave in a way that i wanted you to behave yeah and that was so and that's disrespectful to me yeah respect goes two ways buddy and i haven't seen a lot of respect toward charity or the other guys from brayden like that he feels entitled to demand anything from her i i was really Really, really, really angry. Really put off at this, this. point. Um, meanwhile, however, Charity and Joey are having a lovely evening, and I'm gonna say this date really <laughs> cemented that I like Joey. The mystique of Joey was very, very much burnished by this little one-on-one. He's he's just so cute. <laughs> he's really he's really cute, and he like. He gave me kind of like nice jock energy from the beginning. And this furthers that where it's, 
It's, it's the just, Noah Centineo into all the boys. Yes. Like that's the vibe. Yeah. And I love it. I'm a sucker for it. Charity is nervously giggling so much. She's so into him. She like cannot stop giggling. They're both so nervous. Yeah, it's really cute. And she's like, you handled it like a champ. And he says, thank you to say that. (laughs) He's so nervous. He's also just like staring at her like she's a delicious dessert that he wants to consume. Yeah. And he's like, I want to kiss you again. And she's like, I know you're staring at me. So they make out for a while, and then Joey decides to take this chance to share something about his family, which we didn't know yet. Um, He says that his parents divorced when he was very young, which we did know, um, but that, you know, it wasn't like a broken family. It never felt that way. He felt so much love from both his parents. And then he shares a little bit more about what led to the divorce. I believe we have a clip. My parents broke up, actually, because... My dad came out. Mm. So my dad, when I was about in kindergarten, came out as gay. And uh, it was obviously the reason why my parents decided to separate. And I think it shares about like their connection because it was still strong. There was obviously a outlying reason why they ended up ending it between right. them. And yeah. you can't really do anything about that. But it's amazing to see the love they still have for each other. That's and what was, what was so amazing was how they were just such great parents to us. Like, all it was was based on was love. He then goes on to say, like, my dad is someone I talk to about everything. Um, They're very close. And he talks about how growing up alongside his his father made him, like, a more loving and accepting person and made him want to understand other people more and really, like, get into what's on the inside. And I just, I absolutely loved this. Is this the first time that we have seen someone with a queer parent like openly speak about that on the show? Uh, certainly within my within my memory. memory I mean, maybe box. not the first, but this did feel like a I remember it being moment. notable when Jason Tarter talked about his brother. Yeah, and like so to have this story, which is centered around this absolute bachelor taboo or like traditional trauma card which is like my parents got divorced and to have it be about a divorce that happened for that reason but for it to be this sort of loving beautiful story um felt really meaningful to me yeah i agree it it did feel like the bachelor affirming which is such a you know we always have such a low bar but like Hmm. this show in general does feel so committed to the idea that families look one way and there is a way to form your family so that your children are the most deserving and capable of finding love. And I love that this flies in the face of that. Like it is about affirming that families can come in many configurations and that those configurations can change and grow and that like self-exploration and understanding on the part of a parent can actually create a child who is more open and more loving and more ready to be a great partner because he has seen his parents live their lives authentically and and remain caring and loving parents to their children. And I just thought that there was something really beautiful about that. Yeah, a, a lifelong love does not always have to look like staying married forever. Yes. And his parents, you know, were 
able to remain loving co-parents and to give make their kids their focus. And that's really, really beautiful. I also am like, we better fucking get a hometown date now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we're headed in that direction. I do too. Um, his dad also left a really sweet comment on Joey's Instagram after this episode. Um, and Charity is like, yes, my parents are also my role models and they've been married 48 years. That's not common in this day and age. And I'm like, yeah, for your friends who are 27, because that's longer than most people with 27-year-olds have been <laughs> together. But she's like, love is so important. And I love that she also saw the similarities and the correlations between their experiences and that they were able to bridge that gap that can sometimes come up on this show where it's like, oh, well, my parents had a long marriage. Oh, well, mine are divorced. And so I'm broken. Um, (laughs) And instead it was a very affirming moment. So she thanks him for his vulnerability. She's like, that's all I want in a partner is that they're just open to me like little baby bird and defenseless. (laughs) She offers him the rose. They make out more. And in her in the moment, Charity says she feels really, confident that Joey's here for her and not for spring break. This is going to become the rubric for the season. It's like, are you here, here for spring break or not? Or for Adrian, me. Adrian did not even know what he was doing yeah. using that language. I feel like that's such a loaded phrase in this context. It is. Nothing worse in Bachelor world than being on spring break. Yeah, God forbid. And it's really stuck in Charity's mind. And I'm like, some of the guys goofing around week one is like literally not a problem but she knows it's her job to take it seriously so the next morning the guys are all back together sean is ribbing joey for having made out with charity longer than sean has spoken to her in his in the moment sean while wearing a shawl collar cardigan with nothing underneath except for a large cross necklace this is a bold fashion choice by sean and again we do always have to applaud men for taking risks this was a look i haven't seen before on this show yeah like a full on sweater but no shirt yeah it's it's a it's a look and the cross necklace really pops in that context. It really, although, does. It really does when it's just right on the skin, <laughs> like a talisman warding yeah. off vampires. He does tend to have it out <laughs> in other contexts, but it is very like Christian Hugh Hefner to me, this look. <laughs> and he's reflecting on how important it is for him to get time with charity. We haven't seen that for Sean yet, but we do know that it's coming. I think it's coming. Previous. Maybe maybe next episode. Meanwhile, Brayden, of course, is fuming because other men had the audacity to still find things to enjoy in a date where they had to watch Charity make out with Joey. Yeah. He's talking about them in really um, degrading terms. Like, oh, they just came home with their tails between their legs and are like, oh, the date was still good, even though they had to, like, be disrespected in this way. It's almost in, in a coded way as if he's saying that they aren't really men or that they're like emasculated by this date. Like there's a lot of like loaded language around that to me. Um, The tail between their legs thing really hit me wrong. Jesse arrives and says there won't be a cocktail party because there will of course be a barbecue because there's never just not a cocktail party. Not this early. And the men applaud half-heartedly because they were probably hoping it was going to be a pool party and charity won't be in a bikini. 
Better luck next time, guys. I'm like, barbecue sounds great. It's just like a chill vibe. Got some snacks. This is my kind of party. Charity arrives in white pants and an orange crop top. There's pineapple sizzling on the grill. Did they know that this was going to air July 4th? (laughs) Honestly, maybe. (laughs) It did feel feel right. Dotton sits with her first and he says that he wishes he were on the last date because they got to show more of who they are than they did on the dodgeball date, I guess. So he's ready. He's ready to show her who he is. He whips out his green card, the one that he got when he came to the States when he was four. And so there's a little picture of Lil Dotton and his full name is on there. He reads it for her. And... Charity, again, is like, I'm so grateful that you're being open about your intentions and being here for the right reasons and that you're sharing more about yourself. Like, that means so much to me. And then Dotton is like, before we wrap up, I'm not going to go for the longest kiss. And she laughs and she's like, you don't have to break a record. That's fine. And they make she's out She's like, a I bit. actually do enjoy breathing <laughs> sometimes in between yeah. makeout sessions. I like Dotton and I think Charity likes Dotton. But I also think that like Charity is still sometimes struggling to break out of this like interview format where she wants to like really express her like gratitude and like thank you so much for coming in and like you're a really strong candidate um you know there's there can be like a sort of formalness <laughs> ha- it happens a lot on like with the lead because they're trying to perform to the best of their yeah. abilities and they kind of get into like project manager mode i do think it i do think one is just Dotten, so polished i think they're more is. prone to that kind of dynamic on dates than people who are a little more like wow Dotton just needs uh, a one-on-one in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I think he's going to pop when that, when that comes for him. <sighs> Meanwhile, back to Brayden, <laughs> who is now finally in the feathered earrings that I mixed up with the other earrings at yes. the beginning of the episode and a velvet shirt. This is a look. I he, applaud. I, he is, the fashion is not the problem for here's me. Here's the thing. I So it's not, it's not the problem. But it's like you're looking at it first and you're like, is this in a context of like, like Harry Styles, is this in a context of like queer men like exploring fashion in this like way that breaks out of traditional hetero binaries, or is this like Peacock the game, like, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like is he a pickup artist? Because it's, it's it's starting to feel like frankly, maybe that. <laughs> it's hard to tell because he is like Gen Z, yeah, but also he seems to have spent some time on men's rights forums. So it's right. It's hard to piece together. It's, it's probably not fully something we could disentangle because no. of that. But I do feel like it's it's giving me less of like, he's just so open and free and not not constrained by gender and a little more of like, of like pickup artist bullshit by by the end of this episode, which is, Maybe which is a bummer. Maybe it's just both. Maybe like, it's, it's just like a like weird mix that it of gives both. him like, license in a certain way like i'm just like the cool goofy like guy who wears whatever i want and like that means that i can also be just like a traditional chest beating caveman about my relations with women like (laughs) no yeah uh so he's like oh yeah i feel like a 70s rocker today like and his in the moment he's laughing like when people first meet me you know, I'm wearing crazy-ass earrings and a velvet-ass shirt. For God's sake, I don't seem like anyone who has any emotional depth. 
but there are certain boundaries you don't cross. I've already packed my bags. If I don't hear what I need to hear from Charity, I'm just going to go home. Okay. Breaking bro. a kissing record, I think it was very disrespectful. And I'm like, okay, Brayden, so- you don't even have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> if you had a daughter, maybe we could have a conversation about this, <laughs> but you don't. I think uh, that this, this made me so mad. Like, he's like, oh, you think just because I dress in this, like, gender-bending way that I don't have any emotional depth. And I'm like, no, I don't think that. And then he proceeds to say something that shows he has no emotional depth. And I'm like, that's why I don't think you have any emotional depth. You're conflating two (laughs) things that are not related. You're like, don't worry, I have emotional depth. I'm just as controlling about women's sexuality as any of my grandfather's (laughs) peers. At this point, Brayden finally gets his time with Charity, and he is ready to lay down the law with her. (laughs) She's like, yeah, you know, that group date threw me for a loop. And he's like, yesterday? And she says, no, the one that you were there for when I had to address everyone about spring break. And here's what Brayden has to say to that. And I I was definitely thrown for a loop yesterday. I How did, okay, how did you feel? (laughs) All right, so first, I do want to say, like, you know, I had a lot of like a lot of doubt in your character to some degree, you know? but when I heard what happened, I felt so bad for those guys. I felt like, I, I mean, I don't want to say. No, I felt say like it. I was, no, I felt honestly, like I was lied like, to in that moment I, when I, I like, when I heard what happened. It yeah. was like, and I was just like, how can I, you know, how can I be here? I'm gonna be honest with you. I was ready to run away. I'm, I'm like, sorry. did Charity hear everything he said? Because this is some fucking bullshit. Charity is too fucking kind. nice. Yeah. I was like. This is not an okay way to talk to you. You gotta send him immediately home. But I think because he also he says it. Well, first of all, she's she's biased in his favor because she thinks they have this great connection, and he says it in this sort of like soft way that the tone almost implies like, well, that's how I felt initially, but it's not how I feel now. He says it, yeah, in this very like soft, self-deprecating way, and he's in his little like his little velvet shirt and earrings being like, I don't know, I just felt a little bit like, uh, but what he's saying is that he felt lied to. How so? And doubted her character. A lot of doubt in her character. Why? Like, those are actually very, very harsh things to say and, like, accusations. And it's almost like she doesn't pick up on the seriousness of what he's saying because he's saying it in such a soft winning way and like kind of capitalizing on the, exactly the warmth of their connection and i i have to say <laughs> i really wanted someone to be like how did you feel lied to what was the lie where is the lie you're on a dating show this is as advertised this is what did she tell you at some point, I will never make out with anyone else? Because I'm pretty sure she didn't because she has been making out with lots of people. <laughs> like, where is the lie? It, no, no. This is just, I hated this. I don't even, we, we can't even talk about it because, like, there's nothing to say. It's all just bullshit. I and it to, all just <sighs> indicates that he has a very toxic yeah. idea of what it means to be dating a woman and yeah. he has a lot of entitlement and I don't like it at all. And it made me Charity's, very sad to see how easily she took on board the idea that like same that, that her she que- had that her character something. was in question I and know. that that didn't even she didn't get like upset about that really. 
And she and I couldn't tell if she if it just like didn't quite land with her or she just is conditioned to be like, I'm going to take this on board and really think about it and try yeah. to make you feel better. She, I guess she is a therapist, so she does a lot of like listening and not judging. Yeah, but it's like, uh, and but it's it was fine upsetting. to take on feedback from your partners, but like if someone is talking not to like you this. like that. Speaking of disrespect, yeah. this is deeply disrespectful. And she even says like, this wasn't coming from a malicious place. It makes me sad to hear that you felt this way. She's like, I'm glad I'm like, you brought it up. Like, uh, thank you for being honest. Like she's like encouraging him to share this with her. Ugh, I hated this. And so then she's like, I felt sad. And Brayden ends up comforting her and being like, oh, I don't want you to be sad. He's like hugging her and being like, I don't want, I'm sorry you feel sad. I'm just so glad you addressed it immediately because you're a really special girl. Oh, she said the right things to you. Now she gets a little pat pat on the head. <sighs> fuck off. I hate this Truly guy. fuck off. I'm completely over him. As if I, like, really liked him at first. But, like, you know, we were like, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Didn't take long for him to turn out to show the most, like, bizarrely MRA-ish qualities of any guy so far. misogynist streak. Jesus. I mean, this is truly the thing that you worry about, that you're like, oh, I'm going to assume that a guy, because he's unconventional in how he displays his masculinity, because he seems softer and different, I can trust him. But a lot of the time they still have these deeply unexamined harmful ideas about how they should be interacting with women they're in relationships with. And there's just no way of getting around that. They're everywhere. They're in every subculture. (laughs) They're in every kind of outfit. And we're fucked. So next, Adrian sits with Charity and brings up the spring break comment. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean for that to weigh on you. She's like, no, 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 no. I appreciate your honesty. She then goes back to the fact that he referenced some immaturity in in the house. And she's like, "What what did you mean by that? And he's like, well, it's a lack of emotional intelligence. And he references how everyone came back after the world record kiss date. And tried to say they, like, still had a good time. But Brayden was using words like disrespectful and classless that seemed immature to him. Yeah. And this was interesting to me because charity really ends up, like, classless is the thing that sticks in her. Mm -hmm. And this is totally something I would believe that Brayden said, but it's also not something that we saw him say. And we saw him say quite a lot. Yeah, in her in the moment, she's really pissed. She's like classless. That's not the word that was used in our conversation. I do think that being classy is something that seems very important to Charity's self-conception. Yeah, and I think it's also something that can be really wielded against women and against women of color yeah. specifically. And black women, very specifically. Um, and so I yeah. understand, yeah, yeah, black women very specifically. And so I completely understand why that sort of stuck in her. Um I just, it was interesting to me because all of the underlying feelings that this points to were present in her conversation with Brayden. And I don't know if it's just the delivery or she was like, okay, he's not using words that feel specifically triggering to me, but 
this is like really uh, yeah i actually do think that brayden. a lot of it is a delivery issue that like brayden delivered it so softly yeah and in this way that was to elicit reassurance and comfort from her and to hear it more coldly from adrian and sort of the harsh terms that brayden actually put it in right it felt yeah felt like it very maybe different. laid a little more bare like i do think that if adrian sat down and was like you know Brayden was really doubting your character and said that he felt lied to. It would feel different than yeah, <laughs> that would have even landed that's literally different. what Brayden said. That's so said. true. And I think that she's picking up on the fact that Brayden was like soft peddling in some way how critical he was of her. Yeah, a hundred, a hundred percent. And the fact that he was speaking mm. about this to the group also is different yeah. than expressing right. that to her. Um so at this point, Jesse Palmer calls the barbecue to order and is like, you may notice Charity isn't here. And that's because she heard some upsetting information and she has exited. Anyway, <laughs> go get ready for the rose ceremony. See you there. Some of you are going home. And this leaves a lot of the men very rattled because they're like, yet again, I didn't get time with her and someone else's bullshit drama yeah. fucked up. The men are trying to figure out who said this information that upset her. And Adrian is like, it was me. I had the last me. conversation with her, and she asked me about the night before, and I was honest about what Brayden said. And the men are all just like, oh, my God. Why, though? Like, <laughs> why did you do that? In his in-the-moment, Xavier is just like, Poor Adrian, Xavier. why are you running your mouth so much about other people? What are you doing? But this is Adrian's plan, and he's sticking to it. Hasn't failed him yet. And it will end badly for both Brayden yeah. and Adrian. This is a mutual destruction, mu mutually assured destruction sort of thing. This is one of those classic Bachelor situations where someone kind of sucks and then another person makes it their mission to get embroiled in a whole thing with them about it. And so they both end up coming across worse to us and to the lead than they would if they both weren't there yeah. individually. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like true. Adrian maybe could have been fine if Brayden did not bug, bug him so much. Like, maybe he could have made it through the season. Yes. Brayden, I think, would have eventually shown his ass, but it wouldn't perhaps have escalated quite this quickly. And instead, it's just like a supernova. It's like a train collision. It's classic Bachelor conflict. Brayden is, like, getting very defensive. He's like, the guys and my interactions with the guys in the house are totally separate from my interactions with Charity, which, like, that's not how it works, buddy. Like, <laughs> bro. So how it works, I, bro. I would be alarmed to bro. hear that my partner Come thought on, that the way that he talks about me with his friends was totally separate from his relationship it's with just, me. That's just not your business, okay? It's <laughs> like, sure, to we do all have you, a right really. to some privacy in these things, but, like, it's not totally separate. Also, yeah, you're being filmed. But so. these guys are just like, we, know. a bunch of us didn't even get time with Charity. I'm like, a bunch of them didn't even get to talk to her because she left early. So they're just like, this sucks. Like, I wish everyone would just be quiet. And I wish Adrian and Brayden would just leave. And, <laughs> and like, LOL, that's cute yeah. that you think that's a possibility. Charity emerges in a stunning gold beaded gown. Oh, she looks Beautiful. like an Oscar statuette, truly, in this gown. I loved it. And she is still feeling conflicted. She's like, I don't know what to do because I trust both Adrian and Brayden. 
But they told me. Listen, I don't think she should fully trust Adrian because he's just jawing off. Like he's just saying stuff that she then gives way too much weight to. But this is now the second guy that she claims to trust who has told her that when she's not there, Brayden is giving bad vibes. And the first one was her brother. And she decided to read Brayden's behavior differently than her brother. But maybe she should clock back in and be like, it seems like other guys are seeing really troubling qualities in Brayden. Right. It's painting a picture at this point. Um, Like, maybe I gave a generous spin to what Nehemiah told me, but the more of this stuff emerges, the more it's like, maybe I shouldn't be giving a generous spin. Maybe my brother was right. So during the ceremony, we get some ITMs from Adrian and Brayden, the the dueling douches at this moment. And Adrian basically is like, I told Charity that I, I would always tell her if I saw something in the house. I I'm I was straight up was like, I'll be, I'll be your mole. Like I'll tell you whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a strategy for success. Brayden has a heavily Frankenbitten seeming in ITM to me. Which yes. is, yeah, just like, I'm pissed I have to wait for a rose when I have one of the best connections with her. I don't think Adrian will get a rose because he keeps talking shit, blah, blah, blah. Probably just clipped together from different points in this episode. But Charity begins handing out the roses, and they go to Dotton, Tanner, Caleb B., Warwick, Michael, Sean, Xavier, Aaron S., James. Adrian, Brayden. So Aaron B., John, and Joey already have roses, leaving our Spencer, John Henry, Josh, Caleb A., and Caleb K. A bloodbath for Caleb's. We're down to one Caleb. And not the one I would have predicted, honestly. Down to one Caleb. I guess she had to release Caleb A. back back to his patients if it wasn't meant to be. True. And sweet Josh. Josh is so sweet. I know. I kind of hope we see I, him I in paradise. I am kind of bummed about some of these. I wanted to see more John Henry and more Josh. John Same. Henry. Send them to paradise. Yeah. The underwater welder. I, know. I wanted to I, learn I feel more like I never that. even really got to see his full arm sleeves. You know, we didn't get to like dig into his potential <laughs> as a romantic lead. Um, Josh is a sweetheart, but it seemed clear that he did not have any chemistry with. Oh, none of these yeah. people had any yeah. chemistry with Charity. And so these were the right choices for her. But they there were a few of them that I'm like, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't I mind, wouldn't mind another, seeing more of you. Chance. Brayden, who is wearing cross earrings tonight, a lot of crosses on this episode, has a lot to say after this in his in, in his in the moment. Adrian keeps talking shit about me. You're going to be someone that brings up my name and drags it through the mud. So fuck off. Maybe I'm being egotistical, but I think that was about me. That's what this rose means, that she trusts me. She's an awesome young lady, and I want to see if we match. We definitely match tonight. (laughs) She was wearing those sequins, and I was like, I definitely picked the perfect suit to wear today. He's wearing like a khaki suit. He's like gold, khaki, kind of the same. Also, young lady, Brayden, she's older than you. Put some respect He's on Charity's name, okay? Fuck, like his he just mouth can't stop just... himself. He can't, he needs to learn the art yeah. of not. Speaking also, I'm like at a certain point. I, I mean, I guess off. you getting a rose was about you, but she also gave Adrian a rose. So, like, 
I wouldn't read too much into it. It might just be that they want this conflict to continue for another week. Yeah, they will be <sighs> milking this as long as they can. We end with a credit sequence. Some some great outtakes from Dodgeball. The men are putting on their little speedos and collectively grooming their yeah, bikini someone lines. Someone whips out a little shaver. With a tiny little shaver. <laughs> I love having something in common with these men. And Brayden yeah, is like, it's, so it's nice, as cold so as Jack Frost nipples. It's really me, and I feel like they shouldn't have made them wear Speedos in such cold weather. They're they're literally playing sports, yeah, and they were so still mean. shivering. That's that's rough. It's horrible. <laughs> but now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. First. Love to see it. And I'm going to say, there were a lot of things to love this episode. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff. I enjoyed it. First, I loved finally getting confirmation that Aaron B. has a double-sided coin. (laughs) We needed this. This was for us. I I felt validated. Also, loved to see a nice little PSA for therapy, courtesy of Aaron B. Men. Go to therapy. It's not scary. It's delightful. You'll get to use terms like active listening. And women love that. It's what we call a panty dropper. And doesn't that sound (laughs) awesome? Women, all the babes are into it. Also love to see Brayden's openness to traditionally feminine coded style choices like dangly earrings and scarves, even if they did bring me back in a negative way to a different era of my own fashion history (laughs) but that's our own burden to bear fashion is cyclical also love to see joey's sweet story about his dad coming out and how it shaped him this was a really beautiful moment for the show also love to see dotton finally getting some screen time with charity opening up about his family i think we just got to keep our eye on dotton and finally we love to see aaron s doing meme culture Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for your service. He is bringing so much more than I have. I thought he was going to be a night one guy, to be honest. Same. So, you know, that's on us. We underestimated you, Aaron S. And for that, we are sorry. There's more to you than just being a firefighter. And now, hate to see it. I hated to see the idea that having fun in the house while they are spending hours doing nothing but sitting in the house waiting for charity to spend time with them is somehow an indication of, like, emotional immaturity, moral unseriousness, like, a character (laughs) flaw. Having fun when you're hanging out with a bunch of guys and you have nothing else to do is not a character flaw. It doesn't mean you're not ready for a relationship. Some might say that it's an appealing trait. I don't know. That's just me. It's so weird. Sometimes (laughs) I like to date someone who has the ability to have fun once in a while. Yeah. Do you want to spend the rest of your life with just, like, a really door person who sees people having fun and is like, youths? (laughs) (laughs) Not me. I like fun. (laughs) I love fun. We also, on a personal note, hated to see some of Brayden's specifics, specifically scarf (laughs) choices, which did trigger us because we came of age, came into our adulthood in the early 2010s and 
Uh, you know, I'm sorry. Again, this is a personal yeah. issue that I need to speak to my therapist about. I'm just not ready to bring my accent scarves back out of deep storage. I'm not. I'm, I'm not, not ready. ready to. I'm not. Re- I'm to so sorry. Face once I'm again, not ready. all of the earrings and scarves that I brought it bought at street festivals in college <laughs> for twelve dollars. <laughs> and finally, as we talked about a lot during this episode, we really hated to see Braden's troubling possessiveness around and like borderline shaming of charity for kissing other men, dating other men. And it is, yeah, it's very, very concerning to see that he sort of thinks being goofy and wearing earrings and expressing his interest in charity means that it's okay for him to behave like a misogynist dickhead. Yeah, or like, I don't want to over, like, I don't know what his game is, but like, he thinks that he's so different and like bro no we've you seen are your the vibe. most classic toxic dude that i've ever seen on the show you're just also wearing a scarf which again more power to you on the scarf but like the way that he is talking about charity is the most traditional patriarchal misogynistic bullshit that we see on this show and i don't want to see it anymore also hate to see adrian Fueling this with his just ill-judged, <laughs> shit-stirring comments about guys not being emotionally mature enough to charity, based on like very little. Even though Brayden does need to get called out, Adrian is really just creating a messier situation in how early and aggressively he is pushing this whole spring break line, and it's just gonna get in Charity's head. And finally, our rating out of 10 real-life Disney princesses. This was a tough one. This was a tough one. Not enough fairy tale vibes for me in this episode, but not none. You know, we had some beautiful moments with Joey, who is the Prince Charming that I want to see at this moment. So true. Um, We had a really beautiful romantic one-on-one with Aaron B, who was also really giving me romantic lead. Charity was giving us that old Hollywood glam. We had some beautiful dresses from her in this episode. Oh, the fashion was great. I think that what brings the rating down for me is that the overwhelming vibe that I was left with And that's, you know, we got to go off of vibes for these ratings. It was more like MRA forum (laughs) than I'm in a fairy tale. But how different are those things really, you know, as someone who... They do, they do legitimately have overlap as as people who were raised on Disney. As someone who was showing my toddler Beauty and the Beast yesterday because it thunderstormed during his park time. Um, definitely some MRA forum vibes in that one. And yet, it's a great work of art and romance. Uh, no, you're right. I think maybe for me, this was like a 5.5, yeah, 6. 5.5. Just because right. I'm still left with those lingering memories of Joey and Aaron B. And Charity's beautiful, beautiful glittery dresses. But a lot of time spent on speedo dodgeball and toxic masculinity so fire. 
And on that note, that's it for this episode of Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Talon Stradley. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like our show, please remember to follow us, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, spread the word about our podcast to all of your friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and TikTok at love to see it pod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week with more on Charity's Journey. Stitcher. You're probably already familiar with Vogue, you know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts.